listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith of M and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Leo back in the studio with us. Welcome, David. You've been away for a couple of weeks. Yes, thank you, Jason. Good to be back. It's good to have you back. Happy Wednesday, everyone. What have you been up to? I've been up to this, that, and a a lot, and the other. Well, (laughs) a couple of weeks ago, not not, not last week, the week before that, we had what we call twin camp. Most uh, other places around Australia, uh, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, they call it Summer camp. Well, we have ours in spring for what it's worth in Tasmania. We, you know, you can get anything in spring or summer, but it was a fantastic time. We started on a Tuesday, finished on a Sunday, and we have a bunch of children come together. We had about 52 children there. We had about 21 staff and, um, kept you, know, you busy. Kept us busy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they, the, uh, people that run the campground there, Robin and Ian, massive shout out to them. They do an amazing job and their help as well and enjoy were there too. And, uh, yeah, we just uh, we we had the theme of um, Jesus as our master chef. We had the we had the my kitchen rules, okay. um, my kitchen rules thing happening, but we called it my Jesus rules. Ah. And our speaker came in, and he, he was our head chef, mm. <laughs> and the uh, staff were the chefs, and the kids were all apprentices, you know, hoping that they could be chefs one day. And um, you know, we just led them to try and uh, point them to Jesus to make a decision. You know that we want to get those recipes and. Let, let uh, Jesus be our master chef. So that was the that was that was the whole aim. That was quite exhausting. And that finished on a Sunday. And on Monday, I went to Melbourne for some advisories. And what that really means is one of the other hats I wear is uh, for children's ministries. Now I have no idea what I'm supposed to do in that role. But after my time in Melbourne, I got some really good ideas. So now. I might start using, uh, every time on radio, I'll probably talk about children ministries and I'm going to do that today, what some yeah. of the stuff they were talking about and, uh, youth ministries. And, um, yeah, it's really starting to, I'm really starting to feel the role and starting to get some excitement and get really enthusiastic and, you know, ideas are starting to pour in. And, and when that happens, I know God is starting to do a good work in me. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's been the last couple of weeks. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, today is the 18th of October. Already. We often get people oh. uh, texting in asking whether it's live or whether it's a recording or whether it's a past or <laughs> We're replay. live! So we are live today. It's the 18th of October and uh, 2003. But uh, I thought I'd just mention a couple of things that 2023. happened. 2023. 2023. Just, <laughs> just in case they think we were pre-recorded 20 years ago. 2023. <laughs> um, in... In 1921, the uh, Soviet Union, the Russian Soviets, granted Crimea independence on this day. How ironic is that? In 1921. And then, of course, in 2014, they uh, they took back Crimea. Mm. And, and now, now they're fighting over it. <laughs> so so that, that's a little bit interesting as to what happened on this day. And then uh, some uh, religious history today. Um, mm. Interesting. You mentioned that you are aware of this, this guy who was... Um, uh, a mutineer on Pitcairn Island. Yeah, Pastor Ray Codling in the northwest. He's got. He was in Pitcairn for several years. Yeah. So he's shared some facts, and I found them really fascinating because yeah. I never thought of Pitcairn Island. Yeah. So there was a bit of a mutiny there, and uh, the British granted amnesty to um, the the mutineer who was what was his name? Fletcher. Got to look it up. It's uh, Fletcher Christian. What's his name? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's Lost. a c- couple of things that happened on this day. 
Wow. And, uh, yeah, a few other things. But, yeah, I, I found a website called ChristianHistoryInstitute.org and it uh, gives you what happened on this day. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. stuff. I'd, I'd like to make that a bit of a segment mm. <laughs> on, on a Wednesday. You, you didn't share the one that you shared before about the lottery. Yes, oh, that's true. In England, yeah, in, England. in uh, 1826, uh, 1826, lottery uh, was around. They, yep, they ended the lottery in England because uh, of the negative impact that it had on people, particularly poor people. And uh, they recognised that, and so they ended it. But of course, in 1994, it was reintroduced. Yeah, because it doesn't affect poor people anymore, does it? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, boy, yes. what a shame! They they had some sense, and then they lost it again. Mm. So today, uh, <clears throat> David, what what are we going to be talking about? So one of the things that um, it's, it's something that I have a personal uh, personal. Fire and desire, passion, passion and, and, you know, and enthusiasm about it. And uh, when I was at the children's ministries, also children's ministries slash family ministries, there's a there's a thing that's about to they're trying to launch it starting next year, and it's called the Worship Project. And the Worship Project, the whole aim of the Australian Union, and so you heard it first here, you Faith FM listeners, you get first dibs. They want the Worship Project. It's literally a um, it's a box. Right. And there are contents inside the box, like little journals, little cards to give a bit of guidance, um, a Bible, all these type of things. But what they're trying to encourage and what we are trying to encourage is that we're finding that there was a time where families would sit together and have times in the morning and the evening for worship time. Mm. You know, where they'll just sit there to open the Bible or um, sing some songs or tell some stories, and this is time spent together, quality time spent together, and um, that is really lacking now. So not only is that lacking because the the big things that come through is the lack of habit and also um, the busyness of life, but we're finding the dynamics have changed as well. Our church members um, are not just families now. You know, there are single parent families, Mm. there are um, there are Kids that, oh, I say kids because I'm old, but there are young adults that are at university, so they live with roommates. Yeah. You know, so you've got that dynamic. Mm-hmm. You've got, so we've got all these different dynamics now, and we're trying to encourage the worship at home is still the most significant part of our journey in, uh, in, in our faith with you know, learning about God, learning about others, the importance of uh, face-to-face contact. And there's a woman named Rachel Turner, <clears throat> I still haven't read a book yet. I, I made a note. Uh, I learned about it last week and thought, I've got to read this book. It's called Parenting for Faith. And they showed an interesting statistic. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it showed the difference of how much time uh, our children will spend at school, how much time they'll spend at um, church, other communities, and then it says the time they spend with the parents. Mm. And there was significant. There was a significant difference. It's something like, if I was to say 100 hours of the parents, it was two hours at church, you know, and 10 hours at school. Mm. And so it really showed that as much as people like myself that are and chaplains and teachers and pastors, we, we pour our heart and soul into um, preparing things for for kids and for church and things like that. But the most impactful mm. are the, 
is what happens at home. Is what happens mm. at home. You yeah. know, so. I, I was going for a walk yesterday over 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 the hill. You just live over the hill from yes. me, so I was walking over the hill uh, with my wife yesterday, and uh, we were walking along the side of the road, and there was a whole bunch of small trees that had been planted, and somebody had come along and snapped them oh. all off, and. Uh, my wife just said, you know, why, why do people do things mm. like that? And, and I made the comment. I said, I think it starts at home, at the family. <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> and uh, you're reinforcing this today. Yeah. Well, well, the <clears throat> awesome thing is it's not just, it's not just me. Like um, when I heard it last week that the, the leader um, of, our, of our group, her name's uh, Sylvia, doing a fantastic job. Sylvia, hear this? You're doing amazing. But she, when she shared that, this is where we're going. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll hear about them at Big Camp and we'll hear more through with Faith FM, but um, when they shared this, I just I, I was just glowing. I was like, yes, yeah, this is something I've been sharing at my churches where I've been pastoring, you know, mm. at, at chapels. I've been trying to tell parents that are not from a non Christian background. I was saying, just you know, if you if you have time, just switch the TV off, you know, get off the phone and just sit down with your child and ask, hey, um, or something interesting that you learned in chapel today or, or class, you know, just let let that time come through, you know, it's say. Um, it, it, this isn't this isn't a new thing. Mm. I mean, we get to John four, <clears throat> John four verse twenty three to twenty four. This is a story of the woman at the well, Samaritan mm. woman at the well, having this engagement with Jesus, and Jesus, and she, she questions Jesus about where is the right place to worship. That's right. Yeah. You know, where's where's the physical place? Mm. You know, where's the where's the place to worship? And Jesus goes straight for the. Get straight to the point, mm. as he as he does, and and you know I'm glad Jesus left this in the Bible for us, where where we can say, well, what's that about? Mm. Yeah. And this is, yeah, this let's, is great. let's read it. It's uh, John four twenty three to twenty four, and we're reading from the English Standard Version. Mm. It says, "But the hour <clears> is coming, and now is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people." To worship Him, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Wow. Okay. We're going to unpack this we're a bit un- after the break. We're going to unpack that and why it's so important. You know, but uh, mm. yes, interesting. Well, our question for you today is: Do you have a sacred place to worship? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That's our question for you. So zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one is our show number for Tassie Encounters. And just before we go to break, I'd like to shout out to a friend of mine who I found out yesterday uh, has had some surgery and is in mm-hmm. hospital. So if you're listening this morning, Karen, we uh, pray that God is with you and Amen. you, you uh, feel his comfort today. So, yeah, do text us in. Do you have a sacred place to worship? Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is Anthem Lights with Yes I Will. I count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now Will not fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out Is working all things out Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will. I count on one thing. 
never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God is never late It's working all things out It's working all things out Oh yes, I will lift you high In the lowest valley Yes, I will bless your name Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're talking with David Leo on the topic of worship mm. at home mm-hmm. and uh, we asked you a question do you have a sacred place to worship we'd love to hear from you today text us in on 0488-880-891 David uh, we've just read this passage from John chapter 4 verse 23 24 where Jesus said that uh, the time is now mm-hmm. that um, true worship is Worshippers will worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Do you want to unpack that a bit? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, that, that the woman at the well, she had a bit of theology. She understood that the, the Jews worshipped in Jerusalem. and She was a Samaritan. And Samaritan, they had a temple in the, in, in, in the Mount Gerizim, and she's pointing that one out. <laughs> and Jesus, the Jew, well, she knew him. She identified him as a Jew. He says, oh, it doesn't really matter whether it's that place or this place. It's going to be spirit and truth. Mm. And what does that mean? That means that when Jesus came, which is why the whole temple service was set up in the first place, is when he died on the cross and he left, and um, he left the the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us, basically, every single individual that that takes Jesus with them, and they believe they're in the presence of Jesus, they now worship in spirit and truth. Wherever they set their foot, is where so, Jesus presides. So it's not so much a place. It's not a place anymore. You know, it's basically <laughs> it's, it's what's in your heart. Correct. Mm. It's correct. And, and Jesus said in his last last commission to his people, you know, all authority has been given to me. Mm. This is Matthew twenty eight verse eighteen to twenty. You know, and then he says, "Go ye therefore." You know, telling them to come. I mean, there are times where they do say, "Come and rest. Come and do this." But mm. the the commission is to go, go walk into the places they haven't heard my name yet. Say my name. And when the name of Jesus and the presence of Jesus is, it's holiness, you know, it becomes a sacred place. And so 
where does this whole concept begin? Why, why do we need to worship? Mm. You know, why, why do we have family worship? Why should you, if you're a uni student, uh, try and lead your roommates to have a time of worship? You know, you don't have to make it all, um, perhaps I'll talk about this in, in later episodes, but you don't have to make it, if, if your roommates are not Christian, you know, you don't have to make it a time of, uh, you know, I want you to accept Jesus now. You know, you could make it a, let's just have, let's just turn off our devices. Spend have time a, together. Have a discussion. Yeah, let's talk about something, you know, 20 minutes. Let's talk about why you think it's important to look after our health. You yeah. know, and then that th- becomes your time of, um, you know, dedication. You, you know you're dedicating that time to God, and perhaps you'll start leading your friends into thinking about serious, serious things. Anyway, I, dig- I digress. Why does it have to start? Where does worship come from? <clears throat> it's interesting that it's, it's present right from the early stages of the Bible. Absolutely. You know, and... Prior to sin, we're told that Adam and Eve walked with God. Mm. That, it, that was worship. It doesn't say daily, but I, I sort of sense that it was daily. <laughs> yeah, same here. Mm. You know, um, just knowing the heart of Jesus, <clears throat> it, it, it seems to be something he just wants to be in your presence. You know, mm. I want to hang out, mm. hang out with my children. Because it, it says in the in the cool of the day or something, you know. Yeah, that's right. I'm assuming that means in the afternoon, sort of thing. Or, yeah, I, or maybe I, in the morning. Who knows? I've read into it the same way you did. Mm. I just I saw that as a daily thing, as if mm. there was an appointed time where they Adam and Eve knew, oh, it's time for Jesus to come, you know. Mm. And then they're, then they're off, and yeah, this is a tulip, mm. a tulip, but da 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 da, you know. This is a bee, <laughs> you know. That's what Adam called well, it. Well, yeah, yeah. So it was it, maybe it was Adam's opportunity to report back to God what 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 he'd done, all the names that he'd given. Oh man! But, so it was his know, job, wasn't it? That 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 was the original um, blueprint of what worship looked like: mm. walking, with, walking Jesus with Jesus and learning from Jesus. Mm. You know, that's that's what the whole the whole thing looked like and it and it changed mm. it changed after the um you know the f- the fruit that they were told not to eat from they ate from it mm. of, of course you know, with, and they were cast the, out of the garden and they were cast out of the garden and then there's a new system in place you know it's not walking with Jesus anymore they've experienced what it means to be ashamed they've run away from God God had to call them out and say hey listen there's no need to be afraid of I've done something here but if we could read Genesis 4 verse 1 to 8 we get a hint of what the system looks like. This is the story of Cain and Abel. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why was your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Wow. <clears throat> Within eight verses, there are two bo- brothers that are born, and at the at verse eight, Cain kills his brother. Mm. You know, like, there's a lot happening here, right? Because there's there a lot of a years. Lot mm. There's a lot of years in between, but we read something in these um, in these verses, 
it says that they bring offerings to the Lord. Mm. And when Cain brings his offering, which is the fruit of the ground, it wasn't accepted. It wasn't accepted, but mm. Abel's is accepted. So there's an implication there that God had instructed them on uh, what was an acceptable offering, because God would not uh, not accept something if He'd told them, you know. That's right. If He hadn't told them, I know what you're saying. Yeah, there's and an implication that there, there must have been a conversation <clears throat> about that. That's correct. Mm. And, and the implication can be made too in the chapter before in Genesis three verse twenty one, the Bible says that. In their nakedness, it says that God provided them with garments of skin. Yes, right? which many had to kill an animal to do well, that. An animal was killed. And now, so now we're dealing with um, life having to be taken, hmm. right? So whatever, whatever the system is, and we get to, we get to find out more as we, as we go through the Bible and we learn what Abraham does for a sacrificial system. We go to the book of Job and Job literally tells us he brings an animal on behalf of his family, on mm. behalf of his children, mm. you know, and mm. so we start learning. Oh, okay, that's something that God instructed for Adam and Eve. So there's a very simple family worship system going here, mm. and don't underestimate when I say the word simple. It's very simple that they bring an animal, mm. and we start to learn throughout Scripture as we follow along from Adam and Eve to the next generations that obey God. They bring an animal that they kill, they put it on an altar. An altar has to be built. And it says that the father or the man leads the worship. He's the one that comes on behalf of um, the wife and the children. And he's basically a what we would call a priest. Right? And so he speaks to God. And now I say simple, but this animal that's been killed, when this animal is, is killed, nobody likes that. No. I, 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 you're talking about implications. I can even read into this, this Bible and interpret interpret maybe i'll take poetic license on this but i don't think cain liked it no why do we have to kill animals for mm. this is violent you know this is this is bad mm. you know doesn't abel want to have more you know I, I don't see the um this isn't a good business structure you know breeding animals yeah. breeding sheep and then killing the the baby ones you know mm. what, what does what's that going to gain mm. and so cain in his wisdom thought you know what my fruit is just as good mm. and no one needs to die. Mm. There's no life that needs to be taken. Mm. You know, and, and so this, this worship that Cain tries to bring. It was his own version of worship. Yeah. But it wasn't what God had instructed. And, and how, how, when we look at the story, this has been the issue up to the time that we're living in. In fact, Revelation talks about a future event where worship is the heart of the issue. Mm. And it's the same thing. Mm. God has asked us to do something a certain way. Mm. And we bring that to the altar, and there are others that say, nah, we'll do it this way. Mm. You know, and they'll get upset, just like Cain did. And, you know, and they will turn on their brothers, <laughs> turn, on their, turn on their brother. But the worship here is an animal must die. And when they, when they burn the animal, there is a literal smoke that goes up as the animal has been consumed mm. by the fire. And as they look at the smoke going towards heaven, they are all reminded the breath that we breathe right now, the life that we live, the blood that goes through our veins, it's all because of Jesus that we used to walk with in the garden. Mm. You know, and, and they understand that Jesus is willing to be this animal. He's, been to, he's doing this for us. Mm. He's dying this death that we may live. Mm. You know, so this, this simple, air quotes, <laughs> as 
a huge amount of salvation lessons happening here. There's a statement here which just hit me as I read it there. It says, um, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Mm. See, this is indicating here that the way we worship even has has an impact on our... um, I guess the whether or not we we sin. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Wow! It's saying yeah, yeah. sin is crouching at your door. If you go and do this your own way, you're likely to have sin come into your life. Well, that's a good, that's a good is observation. That, is that a fair? Well, this is true. I mean, this is why worship at home is so important. You know, mm. for our like I said, the dynamics have changed. We've got nuclear families. We've got mixed families. We've got single parent families. We've got empty nesters. You know, but the the importance is. That when we keep that connection, when we, you know, symbolically see the smoke that goes to heaven, and mm. we acknowledge oh, Jesus is, is my source of life and my King, and no gratitude, mm. we are making ourselves immune to sin crouching at our door. Mm. Because if there's anything that Satan wants to stop, it's our worship and connection with God, connection to God. Absolutely, that we don't see that smoke, that yeah. we don't see the the connection, that we don't acknowledge. Mm. Jesus is my Lord and Savior, mm. and so this is why it's important that we we do this. Yeah, I think that's Satan's uh, primary objective is to break our connection with Absolutely. God. Absolutely, yep. And he has uh, very clever ways and means of doing it. Now, uh, remember our question today, and uh, we have had one answer. We'll have a look at that in the break, and we'll read that on air after the song. But uh, do you have a sacred place to worship? Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero. Eight nine one, and we've got a free book offer coming up. This one is for kids. It's called "We Can Trust the Bible." Mm-hmm. So uh, hang around for the code to claim your free book offer. We've just got three copies of that today, so you're going to need to stay tuned and text in quickly. This uh, next song is called "Look to Jesus" by Phil Wickham. Death looks like an empty grave. It looks like a giant slain Trials look like gifts of grace When I look to Jesus Failure's bout of victory Sin has lost its hold on me Endless love is all I see
the crashing waves I will keep my eyes on you For only you can make a way I will keep my eyes on you We'll dance upon the crashing waves You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith of M, and this morning we're talking with David Leo on Encounters. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. So, David, uh, earlier on we um, asked a question, and we've got an answer to that question. The question was, do you have a sacred place to worship? And uh, Christina's texted in, and she says, Do you know what? I pray anywhere, anytime. Mm -hmm. Very often I'll drop to my knees at the kitchen sink because that's where I seem to spend a bit of time. Also at my bedside, the garden, the car, the beach, the kitchen table, the couch, walking or sitting with a friend. God hears us wherever we are. And she says, Blessings to you both. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's great to hear from you today. And certainly we can worship, you know... um, I know that uh, I've heard people say even when they're driving, sometimes they worship and they pray. And uh, we don't encourage you to try to drive with your eyes closed. Mm. Keep your eyes open if you're going to pray when you're driving. Yes, please. (laughs) Yep. We've got another one that's just come in. We'll have a read that and we might uh, read it before our next break uh, from Margie. So, yes. Uh, David, um, we've got some more passages here where you're going to take us through Scripture a little bit, um, talking a bit more about worship. Where are you taking yeah, us Yeah, well, uh, thanks, thanks, Christina, for your response. I was, I was telling Jason, too, there's a woman that I knew of. She's an elderly woman now. She had a lot of kids, and uh, she couldn't find a place where she can have quiet and, and just uh, you know, speak with God. And so she, what she used to do is put a towel on her head, and when she covered her face with a towel, the kids knew she was in time of worship. So mm-hmm. they'd leave her alone and be more quiet. And as soon as the towel came up, it was back to chaos. So. I can see here that Margie said that uh, she feels most close uh, in worshipping in her garden. Mm. She says it feels uh, that is tops was her yeah. description there. So. Well, I, have to, I have to agree. Um, there was, I was telling you about that place I used to worship when I, was at, uh, when I used to work at the airport as a customs officer. Um, now... It's yeah, our, our worship place is our living room, and uh, that worship project that I told you about the the box I think is a great concept because if I if I put the box on the coffee table in the middle of the room, it nearly acts as a as an altar, you know that could be our our trigger. And so mm. for for us as humans, we we need physical things to teach us 
abstract ideas. You know, the altar, the, the, the animal that was sacrificed, uh, the smoke that goes into the air, the father leaning out in the, in the worship, the, the, the wife and children, um, you know, the children seeing what dad and mum are doing. It's all pointing towards a larger, uh, larger teaching. And so, um, what we have here is, uh, the family worship going for years and then they become enslaved, you know, in, in Egypt. And over those, those, that, that period of time, um, they lose that ability to worship as a family. And Moses is given an instruction in Exodus 25, verse 8 and 9, when he's been called to, hey, bring the people out of Egypt, bring them out of slavery. And uh, could you read that, please, Jason? Yeah, it says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, so you shall make it. Yeah. And so the idea again, <laughs> the idea again is, is let me make, make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. It's Jesus wanting to walk with his children again. It's Jesus just wanting to be in their presence. Mm. And so after losing that simple, the simple structure, the simple system that God had instructed to Adam and Eve and all the families from that time up to being enslaved in Egypt, here's the begin a new system. And it's the sanctuary system, and it becomes more comprehensive. And still, it has very, um, it has enormous insights into what the plan of salvation looks like. And so they start having the sanctuary service. There's uh, a team of, there's a whole tribe called the Levites that lead out in this type of thing. But the point is, worship is very important to keep the connection with God, to understand where Everything comes from mm. <laughs> our, our life and everything. Hey, if we were living in uh, Jewish times, we'd be Levites because you're a pastor and I'm a, I'm a musician at church. Hey, it, wow. <laughs> hey, yeah. And, and, and Jason, you would have loved living back then because all you'll be doing is music every day, and, all day. And they were, they were paid. That was their job. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy doing music as well, especially, yeah. when, especially when you see like at, like at summer camp. Mm. All the kids just praising God mm. together, and you're like, "Wow, this is you know, this is amazing." They're praising mm. the name of Jesus, and so the heart of the issue is worship. Mm. And then for years after that, they lose again the heart of worship. You know, the sanctuary. Yeah, they've got that. They've got that um, worked out. They know the nitty gritties. They know how to walk. They know the rituals. Yeah, they know the rituals. Know how to dress. Know how to you know attend to the sanctuary every single day. But the spirit of truth. Spirit, the worship of spirit and truth, that's gone. You know, there is no, there's no breaking or, um, there's no breaking of heart looking at the sacrificed animal mm. and thinking, wow, my God is going to do this for me. That was, that was gone. And it gets to a point where a prophet named Elijah is called. <laughs> and he, he, uh, he, his call is to tell the king of Israel, you're doing wrong. Ahab. Ahab. That was his name, wasn't That's it? right. Married a, um, Phoenician, uh, a woman named Jezebel mm. and a daughter of a daughter of a priest. You know, so there's a. So she was a daughter of not a uh, Jewish priest. That's right, a pagan pagan priest. Mm. You know, they worshipped other gods, and um, you know, he, Elijah's called to say because of your disobedience, there's going to be a famine and there's a showdown on Mount Carmel. And if you want to read the story, First Kings seventeen and eighteen, I recommend it. And while he's on Mount Carmel <clears throat> and they're having the showdown. There's something really significant that happens up there. 
Could you could you read that, please? Um, it's First Kings eighteen, verse thirty-one and thirty-two. Yeah, it says Elijah took twelve stones <clears throat> according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, "Israel shall be your name." And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two seers of seed. Yeah. And apparently a seer is about seven litres or something. Oh, wow. Mm. I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't, yeah, that doesn't ring a bell to me, but I'm glad yeah. you, I'm glad it, you shared uh, that. I, I saw it somewhere. Because yeah. that's not small. That's yeah. <laughs> quite so a it's lot. about 14 litres. <clears throat> wow. Mm. Well, this is such an important part because if Elijah took 12 stones, and it says 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, right? Mm. If it's the sons of Jacob or the sons of Israel, that's pointing back to the family, mm. right? This is the family of of God, and <clears throat> it says, um, "And with the stones he built an altar." Mm. Now, if he had to, uh, this this vision is really um, pointed out. Others says it, he had to restore the altar or rebuild the altar. Now, if you have a re- if you have to rebuild the altar, what does that imply? That it's broken. That it was destroyed. Mm. You know, so I did some research into this. Who who went around destroying the altars that Je- that Abraham erected? He he erected altars in different places that he went. That's yeah. right. And he dug wells, mm. right? And there was a group of people that went and destroyed the altars, and they filled up the wells. Mm. And you find out it's the Philistines. Right. The Philistines had gone around to strip off the name of God. Elijah comes back and he rebuilds the altar and 12 stones according to the sons of Jacob. He's doing this in front of some people that are doubting that God can lead anymore, but they're the people of God. And he's doing this in front of the worshippers of Baal and the priests of Baal, right? Rebuilding the altar. He's basically saying to them, we need to go back to this. Mm. Worshipping in spirit and truth. And so this, the message of Elijah is still our message today. We want to bring back to all the families and individuals and young adults studying at university or working or whatever, bring back the altar and rebuild the altar in your homes, however that may look. Whatever it is that altar looks like, it must point to Jesus on the cross, knowing that this is where we get our, um, <clears throat> this is our life source, this is our, um, the one that brings salvation, the one that provides all our needs, you know, giving gratitude, giving gratitude to Jesus Christ. Mm, absolutely. <clears throat> um, so we've got our book offer coming up uh, after the break. It's time to tell you a bit about that. Yeah. We Can Trust the Bible. This is a book for kids, helping children understand where the Bible came from. Yeah, if, there's, if you've got, if, if, if you don't have any children, or your children have children, or you know a family they'll do with the children, what does these books are, they basically teach things about the Bible, they have little activities you can do, little scientific experiments, and they they simply give you, and this is a good tool for having worship with children. Mm, absolutely. So, uh, you know, this, this book contains a lot of the promises um, that God has given from beginning to end. So, it's a great book that allows you to share with children. So, we encourage you to stay tuned and... Uh, um, after the break, we'll give you the code. This is Your Will Be Done by City Alight. Your will be done, my God. 
Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we're finishing up our program today with David Leo. We've been talking about worship, and in particular, worship at home. Now, the book offer today: We Can Trust the Bible for Kids. We've got three copies to give away. So, the code to text in zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. Get your phones ready. The code to text in is worship, and the number one worship one. 
That's a digit one, no spaces. Text it into 0488880891. So, David, we've been talking a lot about worship mm. and uh, just wondering if you've got some practical tips and ideas as to uh, how we can make worship um, more meaningful or even help us to remember and um, and uh, commit to actually doing it. Yeah, I've got I've got heaps. There's so many examples. I know that a lot of families do it differently. Um, uh, my family, I think I think it's pretty. In my understanding, I think it's pretty boring. I think I've uh, just con- continued what my mom and dad brought me up on. But when my kids' friends come. They say it's amazing. <laughs> so I think it's just familiarity breeds a bit of contempt, you know. Yeah. But um, the thing I know for sure is when we do have worship, my my wife and my children are engaging with something fresh and new. And so what I usually have is a devotional. And what that is, it's a book that has, a, um, has the date and also has a Bible text. And the author will explain their understanding of that text to us and we learn something about Jesus. So we have a devotional. Uh, that's usually in the morning. And for the evenings, we do songs to start off with. We ask about each other's day. I usually ask any highlights, any lowlights. Um, let's talk more about this and that. Uh, for example, I, last night, my daughter wanted to talk about the yes and no vote, the referendum. So that got pretty deep. Mm-hmm. right? So we, we um, had a bit of a chat, and that's during family worship. And then... Um, I usually give uh, turns to my kids or my wife to lead out their particular day. And so they do different things. My son would get us to act out a story. Um, that's my eldest. My um, daughter likes to bring up a subject to discuss, you know, and my youngest, he likes to um, narrate a story and have and use toys and things like that to, to tell the story. And my wife, she keeps it pretty simple. She likes to read a Bible passage and ask, an, like, ask a question afterwards. And that's that's a simple thing from our family. Um, but that devotional book, if you're by yourself or you're with, um, if you're empty nesters or a couple that haven't had children yet, uh, a, a devotional is a really good way to spend time together and uh, go through that. Now, you've got, you've got this book here called We Can Trust the Bible. If you've got children, um, it's good to prepare for, for these things. Uh, if you just read it during the day, if you need some materials and whatnot, and you get together with your kids, um, that that's always fun. It's always fun for the kids to see you exp- um, using some experiments, and then you can teach a Bible story or something from the Bible. Um, the last one uh, I want to encourage too: if you're not if you're not musical or um, or you think, oh, I can't sing or I can't play an instrument or whatnot, well, we have technology now. You can literally find YouTube videos that have your kids' favorite songs, and you can play it and just sing along. Like mm. there's people, the people singing for you, and you sing with them, mm. and, and you can uh, even get the ones with the words on the screen. Yeah, with the lyrics on the screen, and yeah, mm. there's your music time. You know, and children love it. Children love singing with mum um, and dad, or auntie and uncle, or grandma and grandpa. They, you know, whoever it is, they they love having that that time together. The one of the, the greatest things I heard last week, there was such a gem. Somebody dropped this this gem, and I thought, man, I'm never going to forget that. They said, children spell love. T I M E. I thought, yeah, yeah, that's right in the money, you know, and that that that's that's where it's all important. And even with couples, even with uh, families, when you have your worship just um, with your wife or husband, and you come together to God, those moments are incredibly important.
And so, um, uh, those are some tips. I, I think of a, I think of a couple at the moment. Ross and Heather. He was like my mentor back in back in uh, Brisbane. When we got to know them, there was a few things that happened at home for worship. I noticed that on his armchair, he had a devotional, his own devotional. On her um, her lazy boy, she had her own devotional as well. And on the coffee table was a devotional they did together. And they also had a jar of money right next to the front door. You know, and I remember joking, I think, I think it was my third visit. I got there and said, Ross, is this money for your visitors just to pick what they want before they leave? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, no, um, on top of uh, tithing and offering, they also have some money they put in that jar for the people that come around to knock on the doors, you know, and ask for donations. Man, these two, you know, they've they've got to work worked out. They're they're such a great couple. They're a really great couple. My, um, I don't forget that that my daughter, when she was a little baby, she would go to Heather because she had like coloring books and things like that ready for her. And it was funny when she was in her, um, when we went back again, like Eden was probably 10 or 11, she went and sat, she went and stood next to her subconsciously. Like I asked her, why did you go stand next to Heather? She goes, oh, I don't know. I just saw the seat. And it's like, wow. It just reminded me of way back in the days just to get a church there. But uh, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, <clears throat> When you, when you start to understand the concept of worshiping in spirit and truth, it manifests in other parts of your life. And you pointed out earlier, which I think is a great observation, Jason, is that when we do keep that connection and, and, um, devotion or worship on a daily basis, it keeps us immune from sin crouching at the door. And so why, why wouldn't we keep that practice up? Not only do we avoid sin, but we encourage the name of Jesus in other people's lives. You know, so there's a really great domino effect from doing the simple things like worship at home. Mm. You know, so I encourage all our listeners, if that's not something you're doing at the moment, then you know, get on, get onto it. Get onto worshiping at home. Um, another, another good one, actually, if you want to do it as a group, if, if you're by yourself and you want to connect with others, Online, there's a, a, a Bible app called YouVersion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure probably the most popular Bible app ever. Yeah. They have some devotions on there. Um, and you can connect up with friends. And you can, I, haven't, I haven't yet done that, but... Uh, I, yeah, I have. Um, and I've done it with friends that are... So some, not all of them agree with our theology, but I've done it with some friends that are not of the same day as faith, but I want to encourage their, their walk. Mm. So... Um, yeah, there are things like that, and there, there are some about parenting. There's some about you know. There's got all all sorts of different subjects. So if you want to connect with people online, and I'm I'm speaking to the young adults because they're the ones that like to do this often. You version, check it out. I I love the uh, even just the the verses of the day on. I uh, on you version. Yeah, there's, there's many of them are, are really great promises that that uh, they put up, and they're, they're great things to just you know try to remember those promises and instead yeah. they've helped me through some difficult times. Amen. I got a I got a friend in um, WA, Bill Wood. Shout out to Bill Wood if you're listening. Every morning he faithfully texts us the verse, the of, the verse day, of the day, and he has a picture for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, praise God. Excellent. Well, um, that's about it for today. And um, I'm just wondering what you're going to be away next week, aren't you? I am back to yeah. Melbourne again. Yes, for the so youth advisory. We're going to have Tamika Spalding back with us next Wednesday. I, I um, had advertised that she'd be here today, but I sorry, I got sorry, things everyone. mucked up with when you were going to be away. So. 
Tamika Sporting next Wednesday. And, of course, tomorrow we've got David Maxwell. And uh, he'll be hosted by David Leo. Mm-hmm. So Leo and Max tomorrow. Uh, David's going through the significant sevens of Revelation. And tomorrow he's going to be talking about the seven trumpets of Revelation. So uh, do uh, do tune in for that tomorrow, same time, at 9am on Tassie and Callers. That'll be a live program. Uh, do remember our book offer today. If there's still some copies left, we can trust the Bible for kids. Worship number one, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to claim your free book offer. I think we're nearly out, so you better try pretty soon. So, <laughs> um, and the last song is "Since Jesus Came" by One Glory. Yes, God bless. We just uh, pray that you encounter Jesus more today. Wandered in the shades of night till Jesus came to me. He saw right through my brokenness, said, Come follow me. And with the brightness of his love, bid all my darkness flee. I'm walking in the light of love because now I can see.
Jesus 